0: Welcome to A Free
1: Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks so much for joining us here on WISO. We're live today until 1 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or... If you're listening online on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson page or Kevin Wilson Twitter, I've got a little number scrolling on the bottom. Call that number. And, uh, you know, if you have something good to say, we'll put you on air. You can also leave your comments online, too. Again, you have something good to say, we'll put it up and read it on air. And shout down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark. Appreciate y'all listening as well. All right. So. Happy Thanksgiving week everyone. Appreciate y'all tuning in. As I said, uh wanted to talk about some other interesting developments and implications of the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Just uh he he's on a, a bit of a PR tour right now. And you know, and I, I don't say that pejoratively. It's just he's giving his interviews to Tucker Carlson and, and and whoever uh and and talking about like what his thoughts were and you know, interesting thoughts on on him being used as you know uh, <laughs> i a an icon both left and right, symbolic of what they aspire to or hate right you know the the left wing is hanging him up as this uh icon of of you know at best white privilege at worst white supremacy, and the the right is you know building him up to be a hero and and it seems like this kid doesn't really want to be. Either he just wants to to do more normal things. That, that's my quick opinion on this. But the, but the thing that that caused at least me to you know turn my head a bit, uh, and and I saw a few other people were were noticing this too. Is he, he in his interview with Tucker Carlson? He said some stuff since where he's talking about how he supports Black Lives Matter, and he is uh, he said this interesting thing about. Uh, his case too, as it relates to other folks and I'll I'll quote it, um, if, if I could get my tap to open, that is, it said, he said, if they did this to me, imagine what they could have done to a person of color who doesn't maybe have the resources I do, or if it's not widely publicized, like my case, that's something we talked about on this show too. You know, it, the, that sort of prosecutorial misconduct that we saw in his case, the shady things where they were stepping on his right to remain silent, where they're trying to imply guilt uh, because he played video games or uh, using shoddy evidence, all this stuff that we saw in this case because it was highlighted on the national level. You know, Kyle's right here. The, this stuff does get through all the time. There are a lot of cases where no one bats an eye on that stuff. And this judge, either because he had principles or because he's aware that the nation is watching the case, decided to call it out which much the chagrin of the progressive left whose principles collapse as soon as, you know, their uh, straw man enemy is on the stand. But he's he's totally right about that sort of uh, disparity in terms of, of resources. If you don't have a good lawyer who can, you know call out that sort of misconduct, if you don't have a, a good team around you who's able to make sure that your rights are being defended, you'd be in trouble. And in other self-defense cases, it is much harder for people to get through. I mean, there, there's another one in Kenosha too, which I have not read much about. I don't, I'm not prepared to talk about it, but I know there's one where, um, you know, there was a, a, a young woman named Crystal... Kaiser, who is a sex trafficking victim who is accused of killing her abuser, her abuser. I guess she did win her appeal, but uh, she had spent a significant time in the court system, you know, knowing uh, that she was she had killed someone in order to escape a a awful situation as a a minor uh, girl in this case. And again, because there wasn't as much attention paid to this it's kind of lost in the system. Again Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse is is lucky in the sense that like because national attention was brought to to this case in in terms of self defense, he was able to raise money to be able to get out on bail and didn't have to spend as long in the system. Now, he did end up spending I think 87 days in jail at one point. Uh it's because Lynn Wood who's a kind of infamous uh for for some of the Trump election stuff was his lawyer at the time and kind of recommended it they they stay in jail for a period of time but it, it's terrible again what what an awful experience for for a young man like that it's an awful experience for anyone to to be in jail and then he's, Kyle Rittenhouse has spoke about the the terrible conditions that he faced uh you know just being in prison or 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 in jail rather and uh now, now he's kind of mad at his lawyer for, for making him do a bunch of stupid stuff. I don't know how much of it's it's real or just, you know, or not. But, yeah, it, it, recommending that he, he stay in jail for a bit, um, doing uh, an interview with The Washington Post. He's blaming, like, his whole Proud Boys photo on that. I, I don't know about all that, but it, it's interesting to see them throw uh, Linwood under the bus. Um, and then – I want to call attention to, to like th- this set of issues in particular, because, as I said, this is something that does happen all the time, though, where a lot of people don't get a fair shot in these cases. And and, and folks want to compare this to, you know, all sorts of other cases around the country. Um, but but one that's kind of brought that that's gotten a little bit more attention is uh, there's a case down in Florida with a, a guy named uh, Andrew Coffey, the fourth. And he was also facing murder charges. But that case is so much worse than the Kyle Rittenhouse one. Just just way, way more egregious. Because in this case, what had happened was is that police officers raided the house. It was an incorrect raid. Uh, He tried to defend himself. He had a firearm, tried to defend himself from what he thought, well, what he knew were, were armed intruders entering his home, you know, in his mind, threatening his life and his girlfriend's life. The police shot his girlfriend in that incident. And then they charged him with her murder, with felony murder. Because they said, well, he was committing another crime. So any deaths that result from him committing a crime uh, are on him. And though the police are the ones who, who shot the girlfriend and he was just again, defending himself in this case. Now, the good news with that case is that the same week, a jury acquitted Andrew Coffey the fourth of uh, the the felony murder charge. However, he is still charged with uh, illegal possession of firearm. I think what it was, uh, and because of that, they're throwing a the book at him. Right, like they they might not. They're asking for the maximum thirty year sentence because uh, he he was not allowed to own a gun. Yeah, I guess he, he had some other conviction in the past. So thirty years in jail. Uh, They couldn't get him on on the murder charge, but they want to throw him in jail for 30 years for illegal possession of a firearm. Uh, What do you think of that? We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case, on the right to self-defense, any of these other related issues. What what do you think of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, defending Black Lives Matter, too? Uh, Give us a call. Again, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or... If you're one of our friends listening online, leave your comments. We'd love to talk about them in the next segment. You no, know, I because because to me, I, I see this case and you know, with Andrew Cope. I think people are rightly comparing it to to Kyle Rittenhouse in, in terms of self defense. And, and in a lot of these cases, like it, it's not what happens. You know we had the big discussion about uh, Brianna Taylor's uh, boyfriend uh, a while ago. Brianna Taylor again, one of the the prominent national cases where there's a no knock raid and uh, police came in and killed her in part because. Uh, well, it, because there's no knock, raid, and, and they blamed the boyfriend for it because he, he got up, thought there's armed intruders in his house, and and decided to defend the household. Something that many of us would do too. Again, not knowing the situation, waking up in the middle of the night, not knowing why people are coming into our house, guns ablazing. What do you do? Well, you try to do your best to defend your family, especially if you're not clear on who is there. So in those cases, who's at fault? Who who is responsible? For that woman's death? Is it the police? Is it the boyfriend? Is it no one? Should anyone go to jail over this? That's that's the question that, you know, I, I think is is worth pondering in cases like this. And, and it doesn't it doesn't seem right to me that this man might be still going to jail for 30 years. He Kyle Rittenhouse got his weapons charges tossed out in part because the prosecutors were a mess. This guy doesn't look like it. he might he might still be going to jail for several decades we'll see just just for possessing a firearm. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Again, appreciate y'all being here. If you have thoughts on this, give us a call. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're gonna be back in just a few minutes with more from A Free Solution. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson your host for today. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Again, if anyone has any thoughts about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse saying that he is uh, in favor of Black Lives Matter, which is interesting, or... uh, his thoughts on criminal justice reform, or or these other cases like Andrew Crawford the If you're following online, I posted the link uh, to to a Reason um, article about that case, just to to give you guys some more details if you want to follow up on that. I've seen a ton of memes about it. Kind of leaves out a lot of times. People are like, you know, calling attention to you like, oh, see, like, look, someone else got off on a, a self defense uh, plea and and a plea a self defense uh, argument. And well, yes, but also no. Um, you know, and it's it just to wrap up the the point about this stuff, it's interesting to see the political side of this because I, I haven't seen much conservative commentary on this stuff. I've seen a lot of libertarians talking about what Kyle Rittenhouse said about the, the criminal justice system because they're like, Ah, see we've been doing it all along and you know, people are saying stuff like, you know, <laughs> This is it's weird that the left is calling this guy a white supremacist when he's talking about racial disparities in the criminal justice system. But what what is the left talking about? And to that point, what the heck is the left talking about on this one? Like they're like, oh, he's a liar. He's faking it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? What? Okay, okay, Like even even if he were even if he were faking, if he if he were doing this to to completely cover his butt and look good, like to, to what end? Because he could go. And kind of have the opinion everyone expects him to have, and he he go get paid to go get speak at like to to, to go speak at, at conservative uh, political conferences across the country, make all like life out of this thing, and and him going out and saying something like that puts that opportunity in jeopardy. Like that that's what it does. So he he's risking his own potential political career by saying this type of stuff. So, if he's saying it, my guess would be that it's because he's actually dwelling on the thoughts about you know whether or not our criminal justice system is fair, which I think is a a fair discussion to be having. And the left instead of saying something like again, let me let me tap into my like inner leftist brain here to say they they would argue they could argue if they're they're applying the principles to situations like this, and not just. Uh, you know going with naked tribalism that they seem to embrace all the time is they they could say, "Oh, look at him, he's recognizing his white privilege and he's you know understanding the disparities of his criminal justice system. He still shouldn't have gotten away with this, but you know it's good that he recognizes the position that he's in and the challenges with the system as they exist now they could do that. But but a lot of them are a lot of them are just like no he's faking it he's still a white supremacist he's basically a clan member blah 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 come on get a, get a grip folks like the, you 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 could turn this into a good educational moment for a lot of folks and instead getting, if if this is what you want to do as a left it, it, instead they're just using it as another opportunity he is he is a pinata to beat up on he is the straw man he is the focus of all their hatred right now the epitome of you know white nationalism in their minds and that is. Absolutely ridiculous! Like they can't separate the narrative that they built around him, much of which is loaded with a bunch of nonsense, like stuff that like doesn't even make sense. They they're still not able to get the facts of this case right at the national level. Absolutely wild. Um. (laughs) So so that's that that's what's kind of killed me about uh, uh, about this stuff lately. Uh, But uh, check check out the the Andrew Coffey the fourth case and and. You know, maybe we'll do a future show on this type of stuff. It, it, that I, I struggle with this one because to, to me, I, I understand why if you commit certain crimes, why it might be a good idea to limit someone's access to a firearm. I get that because um, I'm not that extreme. But, but the extent to which we do it and the extent to which we punish people – who do something like this, I'm not sure I can get on board with, but maybe I'm wrong on that one. Give us a call. 585-346-3000 if you have any thoughts on that part of it. Uh, And speaking of criminal justice reform, and and we're going to go to another national issue is that President Biden, of course, is participating in the holiday tradition of pardoning turkeys. Okay, cool, Um, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> that's fine, uh, you know. I don't really get it. But wh- one of the things that, that's frustrating about President Biden, what, like, it, it's amazing to me. Like, even the things, like the the small little things. I kind of hope, like, maybe he'll he'll use his position to do something good. Nope. Every single time, Joe Biden manages to disappoint me. People asked him. They said, "Hey." You promised to uh, pardon a bunch of people who are in federal prison for marijuana-based crimes, right? The, the ones who haven't committed violent felonies. You, you said that you would pardon them. That was one of your campaign promises. And a reporter asked him this, and Biden supposedly said, oh, why, are you looking for a pardon? Ha, ha, ha. OK. Yeah, but but for real, though, he, he did promise that he would do that. And if that's, that's your goal, if you think that this is a – selling marijuana, distributing marijuana is a victimless crime, the president doesn't need Congress to – you know, pass any laws. They don't need to do anything. They could just issue pardons and let people go. President Trump did it. President Trump was, to to his credit, something again. The left doesn't want to give him credit for this part of it, but you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. Is is he highlighted cases like this where people were in jail just for trafficking drugs, just for you know selling, or to end up in federal prison? You could just issue a pardon, and let them go. President Trump worked with uh, what was it with Kim Kardashian uh, West on on doing that. It was great. So somehow, somehow, President Biden has managed to be less liberal than Donald Trump. Somehow, you know that. You no, know, po- politics is goofy, folks. You know, I it's it's hard to keep up nowadays. But but this is one of those things, those immediate things that the president could do. That, again, people who are to me entrepreneurial, you know, that's. Uh, if that's, uh, it's not necessarily a smart thing to do to, to, to break federal law for sure. But the but but folks who culturally we're kind of turning the tide on at least, uh, the marijuana part. I don't think people should be going to jail. Again, nothing to do with whether or not you you should or should not consume that particular drug, but should people be thrown into a cage because of it? No, I, I mean, no, I I don't think so, and I I, th- I am glad to see. Our country moving away from that because it's 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 a bad idea to to take away someone's livelihood to take away someone's life because of a a plant. It's ridiculous to me, and so the government, well, President Biden specifically, could immediately take action on that. He could just say, "All these folks who are sitting in jail for that reason for a plant, you can go home. You can start issuing the pardon. Go home." Spend Christmas with your families. Instead, he chooses to make jokes about it. Decides to be affable. So that, that, that's that's part of what kills me about Biden. Right? It's like he's he's so polite. He's such a nice politician. Like President Trump, regardless of how you feel about him, he'd he'd be he'd be crude. you right. He, he'd he'd make people mad, and some people like that. But he he wasn't gonna play that game. Um, and then people would get so obsessed. With the way Donald Trump said things that they wouldn't focus on the substance of the issues that he was doing for better or worse, whether he was doing something terrible or something good, it would always be about the way he talked about these things. President Biden is polite as heck. He's nice. He's affable. He's fun. I mean, I know some people don't think so, but like a lot of the people in the media like him. He acts the way they expect politicians to act. And like there's something to that. And when politicians act in the way that the media expects them to. They seem to give them more of a pass when they're doing terrible stuff from pursuing wars to not doing anything about immigration, which they made a big deal about under Trump and now suddenly silence to Biden to the war on drugs. In this case, not many people are talking about this issue. Not many people are talking about the fact that he made this significant campaign promise, which a lot of the people who did vote for him were hoping that he would push this issue despite his long, long track record of being on the absolute wrong side of this issue, particularly in the 90s. And instead, because he is... Making a joke about it because he's not saying anything crude. He's not swearing. He's not, um, you know, making a a misstatement or a lie in what he's saying because he just is polished from being in office for decade after decade. People just let it go. And while they let it go, while they fail to call out what Joe Biden has done here or failed to do here, people continue to suffer. People continue to sit in jail when they don't need to when they could be going home and seeing their families this holiday season. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Uh, if you have any thoughts on, on that, you know, we've been spending the whole first half of the show talking mostly about uh, criminal justice reform issues, the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, the uh, the, the other cases. would love to hear from you. Again, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comments online. I'm streaming here today on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson page, wherever you're listening today. Appreciate it. And uh, when we come back, what we'll talk about is uh, we'll talk about some of the, the inflation going on, too. <laughs> uh, just just wild statements about it. like the, the denial of what's happening here is just mind boggling. Love to see it. Well, it's, it's entertaining. But I hate to see it. Thanks again for joining us on Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: a free solution.
1: Welcome back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today. Thank you so much for joining us here on a free solution live on WYSL until one o'clock. That means that you the listener can call in and participate in the show 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or if you're listening online. One of our streaming streaming platforms, a free solution on Facebook, a free solution on YouTube or the Kevin Wilson page. Leave your comments. It's a good one. We'll read it on air. We'll discuss it. Uh, And shout out to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark. Appreciate you all as well and our podcast listeners, too. Thank you for being here. And we're going to switch topics a little bit. We're going to go over to start talking about inflation. It's coming up right now because people are thinking about the cost of their Thanksgiving meal uh they are starting to buy. hopefully hopefully guys you're not procrastinators you ha- you you have already bought your thanksgiving meal you're not waiting to go to the store tonight to get one. you know I know we're all prepared and we we by we i mean like mostly my wife but <laughs> somewhat somewhat me to make as much of the meal as possible the night before, so we're ready to go tomorrow. I don't get a turkey. Guys, I know I it's so super unpopular opinion. I, I, I hate turkey so much. It's gross. Ple ple please, please direct your hate mail to uh, contact at a dot com. I'm not a fan of turkey. I'm I'm doing I'm doing beef for Thanksgiving. I won out this year. I, I got to pick the meat, so we're doing uh, some uh some roast beef. Uh but anyway. People are thinking about the cost of that and they're they're thinking, Hey, they're looking at some of the prices in stores. Things are getting more expensive. Meats get more expensive. Milks get more expensive. They're seeing the cost of goods go up. And if they're not more expensive, then sometimes you have this other issue uh, shrinkflation, where people are, or, or companies rather, are uh, making packaging smaller and keeping the price the same. So maybe you don't notice, but it's a, it's an ounce or two lighter than what it was previously, you know, whether it's, uh, again, meat or, or box foods or whatever it is. Uh, and then. <sighs> So thinking about all this, you know, I know one of the things that has gotten a bunch of attention on at least my social circles is this tweet from the St. Louis Fed that says, a Thanksgiving dinner serving a poultry costs $1.42. A soybean-based dinner serving with the same amount of calories costs 66 cents and provides almost twice as much protein. Uh, pass. Pass. Again, I totally support your right to, to not – Serve turkey on Thanksgiving dinner. Sound? I want beef. Uh, turkey's foul. No, it's not for me. But soybean? I don't know. D- do your thing if you want to. But it feels like they're they're starting to notice the rising cost, at least in the immediate term, uh, of meat. And they're like, "Oh, but you can just have soybeans." That that's not an acceptable alternative for many folks. Now, it is true that you know inflation's going up. Uh, something like six and a half percent overall, you know, the, the causes behind it are, are pretty complex, right? It's it's you know, probably government spending, supply chain issues, you know, some caused by COVID, some caused by government. Uh, if you believe Elizabeth Warren, it's greed, whatever. But just I do want to inject like a teeny tiny bit of optimism into the, the Thanksgiving uh, inflation discussion. Uh, just because I, I came across this article, a uh, blog that I, I really like called Human Progress, and I'll, I'll share the link to this one too. Is this year overall uh, Thanksgiving is fourteen percent higher, right? And I'll read the opening thing. The, the, it says today the U.S. Farm Bureau the days came out released this much anticipated thanksgiving dinner cost estimate for 2021 according to the bureau the average cost of this year's classic thanksgiving feast for 10 people will be 53.31, or less than six dollars per person that is six dollars and 41 cents or 14 percent increase from last year's average of 46.90 well, you can read that immediate headline think like wow this is this is even worse than we expected right um it, not quite it is not great again I don't want to let politicians off the hook here. Inflation does seem to be happening, whether it's short term, long term—I don't know. Uh, but my 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 small bit of optimism before I tear into the politicians is that over time, Thanksgiving has gotten a lot cheaper. And and by over time I I mean like in the last thirty years, thirty forty years now. Uh, you I'll. I'll you know, cite this stat. It says since 1986, Thanksgiving has become 37% more affordable. That I means based on rising wages, based on uh, cheaper goods and services, uh, based on, you know, uh, the lowering uh, cost of things due to the increased supply and, and, and addressing market demands is now 37% cheaper based on, you know, adjusted wages for you to buy Thanksgiving dinner for your family. And that's great news. Again, it, it would have cost you a lot more at, relative to your income to purchase Thanksgiving dinner back in the 80s, you know, and, and going back further too. It's it's because we have a great free market system, an imperfect one to be sure, but because We live in an age of abundance. We live in an age where companies are both willing and able to meet the needs of consumers like us and competing with one another to make sure that they can get that space, that they can offer you a good quality meal for an affordable price. We're able to have a feast. Having having a large dinner like Thanksgiving is not that big of a deal anymore. And imagine, you know. Hundreds some odd years ago, even further back, going back to some of the earliest Thanksgivings, it was a huge deal, it required a massive amount of resources, a lot of time just to produce a big feast like Thanksgiving. It required not just a few hours of your work, depending on what you're making nowadays, not just a few hours of work, but many days, many months of work to be able to produce a Thanksgiving feast for your family and your community. Instead, we're able to do that for a relatively low price. Again, $53 to feed 10 people. Not great that it's going up year over year. I don't want to dismiss the concerns of inflation. I wish Joe Biden was doing more to address those concerns. But one of the things I'm thankful for this year is that we live in a day and age where it's relatively easy for most people Okay. Not dismissing the struggles of, of some individual families, but it's relatively easy for most people to be able to afford Thanksgiving dinner because of capitalism, because of free market economics, because of companies that want to <laughs> make money. Again, they're, they're looking to make a profit selling us turkeys and stuffing and bread and potatoes and whatever. You know, I, I bring this up. Every once in a while, it, it, from from the same site, they have they have a great article. You know, would you tra- trade places with Andrew Carnegie? Right. You know, do do we have more wealth nowadays than he did a hundred years ago? In some ways, yeah, because we're able to enjoy our Thanksgiving dinner not only at a relatively affordable price, but also do so in in many cases, warm, safe homes that are heated through the winter, with access to technology. Uh, and the ability to easily travel to the houses of friends and family. I have family in from out of town. It's it's a great thing that they live a few hours away and they could easily come out for a day trip. That's what I'm thankful for this year. As much as I want to complain about inflation, and and I think that is is worth complaining about, it is worth trying to bring that to the attention of politicians, I do want to take a moment to express... How blessed we are to live in the age that we live now. I want to. I want to have at least a moment of optimism today. So we're able to, to go again tomorrow. I'll be enjoying a Thanksgiving dinner, hanging out with my you know young son and 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 my parents and, and some other relatives, and and then hopefully watching the Buffalo Bills beat the uh, New Orleans Saints. Ho- hopefully. Oh my goodness, that Sunday game was so rough, guys. It was so rough. All right, I'll quit the sports talk, and this ain't a sports show, but. It was so bad. Still, go bills. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that that's something I'll say. So again, if if you're na- if you're listening on the radio today, listen on W Y S L or i C K, I'll post a link to this uh uh interesting blog post about the cost of Thanksgiving and how it's actually gone down quite a bit. It's up this year. They say it's up seven uh, percent, actually. They they have an interesting analysis They Thanksgiving is up seven percent this year over last year. That said, overall, if we continue our free market policies and we don't allow government to let us spiral into an inflationary uh, mess, we are doing pretty well overall. So thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. You can check out that article. Uh, and if you have any thoughts on this, any thoughts on any of the previous topics that we talked about, get give us a call 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more on a free solution. Free Solution Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson. Your host for today, thank you so much for joining us here on WYSL if you're listening live or live until one p.m. Give us a call 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 or if you're listening online, the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel or the Kevin Wilson pages, wherever you're listening, leave your comments or Whatever. Just leave your likes too. You can do that. I'm fine with that. I'll take your appreciation. Or not. Or or your your angry reacts. Whatever you want to do. Alright, so we're talking about inflation again. I wanna I wanna start with a positive note. Things things are relatively good, relatively speaking, for most people. But the progress that we've made on that, the ability to be able to afford a Thanksgiving dinner in a place like the United States where we have a relatively free economy again lots of stuff going wrong right now lots of stuff that could get even worse but we still relatively free economy and have had one over the last several decades it's meant that we have more prosperity more wealth more abundance at this time of year we're not struggling to survive i i i kind of i you know i'm not the type of person to 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 get all Nostalgic and romantic about like the old days, the early days of our country, it is tough. No, I, I like I like living in comfort. It's it's a good thing. It's just a matter of being able to maintain that. But now we live in a day and age where government wants to, our politicians want to to be seen fixing problems. But oftentimes, the more they try to fix problems, the worse things get. They they they. Just get their claws and everything, and and cause a cascading effect of other issues here, and 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 so now that brings us to some of our, you know, <laughs> our current issues with inflation. One of the areas that's uh, being impacted by inflation right now, of course, are gas prices. When I talked about this previously, I was like, all right, listen, this isn't just on the president, and, it, and I and I still stick with that. It's it's not just on the president that that gas prices are going up, right? Like the president doesn't have like that much control in most cases um, it, a lot of this is determined by huge macroeconomic issues that uh, you know are totally outside of our presence or even our government's control not totally but but a lot outside of of their immediate control because it has to do with the politics of these oil companies the politics of other oil producing countries um, and uh and demand at the time right so like why did why did gas prices go way 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 down last year in, in you know March April May 2020 well it's because no one was driving everyone's staying home no one was buying gas literally oil was was negative but now it's gone up quite a bit they they've gone up to $80 a barrel which is not the highest it's been but uh, gas prices have gone up uh, the average price was 211 a year ago now it's 340 this week uh, and one of the things that the president's going to do is he's going to release 50 million barrels of oil from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve. Uh, okay, cool. You know, but uh, what we what we really need are you know if if this is an issue caused by an oil supply constraint, then what you need to do is make sure you have policies where it's relatively easy to produce oil, and the United States can control that within its territories. And the the Biden administration is facing a lot of pressure from the left in order to uh, to not do that, to move people away from carbon resources. Uh, and because of that, it is more difficult to do. It's more difficult to to produce the, that that oil. So instead of releasing the strategic oil reserves, which you know maybe has some small term effect, but, but you no, know, perhaps not. Uh, the better thing to do the long-term policy vision for this is to to make sure that you're allowing drilling rights and you know making the the regulations clear on on oil issues to me because you know inflation isn't just caused by any one thing right like is it caused by government spending yeah some of, in some ways but it's also caused by government regulations that drive up the compliance cost of different goods and services whether that's oil production, whether it's shipping, whether it's uh, you know other logistics to get things to it, whether it's taxes, all these things end up adding adding up, adding up, adding up to higher prices overall. Some of it's again, constraints caused by outside circumstances, but a lot of it is government policy. And the, the, so here's the part where it gets weird, right? Like there's the Biden administration is not just political where they don't want to acknowledge inflation. They're, they're, they're kind of pretending it doesn't exist, right? <laughs> so what they what they try to do, what politicians try to do, is that it's not just that they're, they're covering the butts. It's that the moment a legitimate authority – at least this is a thinking as I understand it goes. The moment where a legitimate authority like the president or someone in the Fed starts talking about inflation in a serious way, sounding alarm bells, people start to panic, right? You know, I'm talking about – like everyone – <laughs> everyone who's who's in politics right is, is, is who's serious is talking about this stuff right now but but the politicians they don't want to mention it you know because it'll spook people and they think that if they talk about it if they legitimize that inflation is happening and suddenly it's going to accelerate right so they they think that we hear this and we're going to say, oh man, prices are going to go up. you think things are bad now, they're going to go up even more we better buy whatever we're going to buy right now. But what happens if everyone has a run on, you know, any particular good, lumber, toilet paper, uh, you know, snacks? Well, suddenly, and, and then not only is there a run on these things, but also some of us have gotten a bunch of government money, right? You know, in the last year, we got those checks from the government. We have a little bit more disposable income or traveling rest. We have more cash to be able to buy a more limited number of goods, which are constrained by, Supply issues and people thinking that, well, maybe this stuff is going to go away. So they buy it more. All right. Uh, It sounds like we have a call on the line, though. Charles, we only have a few more minutes left. But Charles, what's on your mind?
0: Okay, I got to make this quick then. Um, The reason why oil uh, gas prices were so cheap is because America was the number one oil producing in the world. Oh, heck yeah. Um, Trump made that way. But you, you didn't mention that. Um, and the whole reason why we have higher gas prices now is because we got rid of the the whole independence on oil and went back to resorting to relying on other countries. Well,
1: all, right, all right, so on, uh, I'll, I'll I'll fight with you a little bit on that because one, it wasn't just Trump who did that. Like this is kind of like a long thing coming, right? Like it's Trump wasn't able to to make America the number one producer of oil in four years. They actually started. In the Obama administration, but its policies that caused that were caused, you know, way back before too. So it's not it's not just Trump. It's just that he continued those policies, which is the right direction to go. Biden hasn't totally, totally undone yet that yet. We still produce a lot of oil, but he hasn't helped that along. Uh, and and that's the the direction I see. Again, the president can do a little bit, but it's it's he's not the only one who does it. So like prices going up or down are not just trump and biden but it's how their policies impact us years later that makes Agreed. sense
0: yeah. yeah oh absolutely i mean there's more in depth to it i'm obviously we don't have time to talk about yeah it. right um but can i just say one thing sure hashtag hashtag where's my free gas if he's throwing in uh 50 bail 50 million bales of oil that we've already paid for with our tax dollars
1: <laughs> fair enough right where's our where's our free gas yeah, you got to start tweeting that, Adam. Maybe we'll get it. We, You know, he's got his I Build don't. Back Better bill. We, we've already, we're already spending, what, $1.5 trillion, whatever. But what's, what's a few more? It's a few more billion on there yeah. for some free gas. We've already paid for it. It mean, doesn't even matter.
0: All, it's all printed up anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so we uh, we only got a minute left. Uh, the, Charles, thank you so much for calling in. Have a happy Thanksgiving. That that's that that's a good point that you made, and you know I'm glad that uh, you brought that for discussion. So thank you so much, and have a a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, thank you. And yep, absolutely. Take care. Uh, and uh, and and same to the rest of you too. Again, appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate y'all listening. Again, one of the things I'm thankful for this year is the the privilege of being able to do this show and and it wouldn't be possible without uh, the folks listening today engaging with the audience engaging with uh, this show bringing us ideas thank you so much i appreciate you all right have a wonderful thanksgiving have a wonderful weekend take care